0: I'm Jamie Virheim from Sinclair Broadcasting with this edition of Immigration Crisis, The Fight for the Southern Border. Do people in New York City, do you think they have an idea what's out here?
1: I don't have a clue. Not a clue one. No. That's, uh, we're probably the furthest thing from their mind. And that's... That's a God's honest truth. They don't have a clue what goes on out here.
0: Should people care what goes on out here?
1: People should care because, you know, what comes through these borders is not going to stay here. It's going to end up in their backyard or their front yard.
0: It has been a long week and yes, it's Thanksgiving week. Some of you may listen to this at some point during the week. Some of you may be listening as the next week starts after Thanksgiving. Either way, I hope you guys enjoyed it with your family members. Now we did spend a long Monday recording part of this podcast out in Valverde County. So if you look at San Antonio, Texas, and then kind of look south a little bit and west, you will see Del Rio, Texas. That's where thousands of Haitian and Venezuelan immigrants have been crossing.
1: There's uh, shoes, backpacks, uh, electrolyte bottles. I don't know, there's a group of probably five or six backpacks that have been abandoned here. There's some chargers, clothes. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, look like twelve, thirteen backpacks in this area.
0: It's kind of slowed down lately, and the movement of those asylum seekers is now more towards Eagle Pass, which is a little bit south and east of Del Rio, and more towards the next counties over, including Terrell, which are more west from Del Rio. So we did go out there this week with Sheriff Joe Frank Martinez, and I want to thank him profusely for taking us out. We were out riding with him almost eight hours on Monday. And when I say riding, I'm not talking about, you know, your normal drive on a 4 lane highway. I'm talking about Farm-to-market roads that are made out of caliche, so it is not paid the Texas Department of Transportation does go out, and the county does go out and try to, you know, balance out some of these roads. But with the amount of rain that comes in, you're basically talking about dirt roads. It's a material called caliche. It is bumpy. We were on one stretch of it for about two and a half hours. And just imagine two and a half hours of bump, 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 going up a hill and bump, 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 going down the hill. That's basically what we were in. And I have to admit, you know, the times that the sheriff stopped to show us uh, there's a lot of uh, camps, there's a lot of deer blinds out there for people who go hunting. This is hunting time in, in Texas. It is scary. It is scary. The story we were working on in part was about the radio failures for the nine counties that are attached to that area of the border, including Uvalde. Your
1: radio doesn't work? Mm -mm. Out of range.
0: And because of the shootout or the shooting that there was at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, which left 21 children and their teachers dead, people realize or there was a spotlight on the radio communication problems because people inside the school couldn't communicate with those on the outside and vice versa well it's not only there this problem is happening all over the nine counties that are a part of the rio grande middle cog which is the area council of Governments. so that whole area is serviced by this radio system then then shoots up to austin and they manage it all well imagine being on this caliche road for two and a half hours not seeing a soul and the radios don't work and the phones don't work and then you can't help but imagine i mean we got out of the car with a sheriff imagine if there was an ambush and he was showing us all the signs of the migrants that go through there because there are no checkpoints. So that road that we were on is perfect. And he says what happens is you have Coyotes, American Coyotes that come from I-10 near Ozona, and then they shoot down and they pick up people on these farm to market roads because no one is going to see them on these roads. There's literally no one. People that go hunting show up, but it's not like a permanent you know, resident that lives out there. So there were signs, there were backpacks. I mean, you name it, and you're gonna hear more from the sheriff coming up. But now imagine being one of four deputies that Sheriff Martinez has out there per shift on duty, and you are on this road, and there is no radio, and there is no cell phone, and something goes wrong. So what you're about to hear is that trip that we took with Sheriff Joe Frank Martinez in the middle of Valverde County, beautiful county, but also at the same time, it's scary when you think the amount of smuggling that is going on out there and the lack of radio communications that they have.
1: So right now we're on 1024 Uh, this morning. This is a farm to market road. This morning we started out in Del Rio. We went west about 62 miles to Langtree. And then we cut up uh, Pandale Road, which is a road about uh, to the Pandale crossing. It's about 28 miles and another five miles back to 1024. And we're headed back basically uh, southeast right now into Comstock.
0: So for people that don't know, we're like right by the border. How many miles are we from from the Rio Grande?
1: Right now, as a crow flies, I would say maybe, since we're so far removed up north, I would say uh, 18 to 20 plus miles, more or less.
0: I mean, the challenges you have, we've been out here with you all day. We are doing a story working also on the challenges that you're having as far as communication, the radio towers out here. I mean, it is amazing. It is crazy to me that we are still talking about the most fundamental fundamental need for law enforcement, which is communication. Communication between you, other, other jurisdictions nearby, Border Patrol, DPS, I mean, how much or how important is it for you to communicate with everybody who's out here working the border right now because of immigration
1: so it's important uh, to us to be able to communicate with our uh, federal and state partners Uh, right now we can communicate with our game wardens with our uh, with dps with national park service if they jump on our frequency uh, we can communicate with them uh, direct. Uh, we can't so much with our federal partners, which is which is Border Patrol. Uh, so unless we push, unless we push the, the switch at the office, in case of an emergency, then we can uh, we what it's, it's called a patch. Then we can communicate everybody can communicate, go to a certain channel and everybody can talk on that patch. But that's just basically for emergencies.
0: So right now, we saw the part of the border that before we've we've come out here so many times. I mean, I need a frequent flyer card. For this part of the border, you had the big problem last year with the high number of Haitians that were coming across. What have you seen since then during this year? What was the experience that you went through in Del Rio when we're talking about immigration?
1: So this year right now uh, in Valverde County, uh, we're not experiencing anything that we experienced last year with the Haitian crisis. Right now our daily apprehensions uh, in the Del Rio, in Valverde County are running you know 80 to 100 120 uh, to the west of us there's there's groups there's large groups coming in through through Terrell County uh, to to the to the south of us southeast of us into Kenny and Maverick County there's large numbers you know they're apprehending anywhere from 12 to 14 1600 on a daily basis uh, in the sector with the majority being down there and anywhere from 80 to 100 120 in Valverde.
0: So, and you mentioned that when we started today and you said you're going to have big groups coming across just at the at the county line. I mean, explain to people what the terrain is like there because it seems crazy that people would be coming through there.
1: So, so at the we sh- the county line to the west, we share it with Sanderson and it's basically uh, basically, no man's land out there because it takes us it takes us an an hour plus from Del Rio to get there. And it takes it takes uh, Sanderson about an hour out of because it's 60 miles uh, to Sanderson from the county line. So it's just uh, it's just an open area, and that open area there's several roads. Uh, we were on one of them today we didn't see any activity on it uh, there's uh, the other one the the uh, pumpville Road uh, we were planning on going on it but it's just a longer road uh, so I'm sure there'll probably be some activity down that road and then there's uh, 349 that leads out of uh, out of Dryden that leads out to Sheffield uh, that is very convenient because it ends up it ends up into, uh, into Interstate 10. And from there you can go into Interstate 10 and cut across probably 40 to 60 miles, and you're, you're to I-20.
0: So for those people that don't live down here that may be listening, the checkpoints pop up at about what mile marker from the border?
1: So the, the checkpoints are strategically placed. Uh, we have two in Valverde County, you know, one to the west of Del Rio, uh, about 25 miles, and then one to the north of Del Rio. Uh, I want to say that one's about uh, 26 miles to the north. Uh, and then you got some in the in Uvalde County. You got you got a couple in Maverick County. So they're just scattered throughout. And in order for uh, to smuggle people around, you try to find roads that are that are not not highly used, try to circumvent the checkpoints. The next checkpoint on US-90 to the west of us uh, is probably gonna be there at Sierra Blanca.
0: Okay, Sierra Blanca. And it's the same thing, the same type of terrain. Now there was a point, I believe it was in Comstock, where we were looking over and there was 200, it was a 200 foot drop, right? so we were talking about the the wall that president trump wanted to build it didn't make sense in that area
1: no i mean it 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 doesn't make sense to put a structure there uh then again you know you have to have the infrastructure for technology so that it'll be effective uh as you, you know some of those places that we were at, you had no no phone signal, uh, you know, everything runs off a SIM card for some of that technology. So, you know, that doesn't work either. So you'd have to put the infrastructure to get that set up or established.
0: How serious do you feel people are about the border and protecting the United States? And we're not talking about either side of immigration, we're talking more protecting the United States because while everyone's saying the immigrants the immigrants, you can also have terrorists sneaking across the border, right? Yes. So how serious do you think when you have to look at the shortcomings at the lack of funding out here from the federal government and also the state in part how serious are they really about protecting the border?
1: Yeah. So I mean not so much the state, but it's more on the federal government because that is their, that is their duty, that is their responsibility, uh, and I don't think that they're, you know, they're serious. They're more, they're more, they're more worried about, you know, fighting each other in D.C. versus solving some of the problems that exist, you know, on on our borderlands. Uh, you know, they throw. They, they throw money at it, but it's never enough. When you have the, the local resources that you know, basically are limited, you have the, the state resources that are also limited, and you have our, our federal partners that are you know, under, undermanned and uh, the, the, there's not enough personnel to do the, the job at hand.
0: What do you think is going to be the solution? I mean, you have 3,000-plus square miles that are, is your county. I mean, it is huge. It's a huge county. So what do you think the solution is going to be?
1: So here locally, I think that we can we could come together, our local, federal, and state partners to keep our community safe because not one of these individuals is coming to stay in Del Rio or Comstock, this is just a a a, a pathway for them to go through. They're gonna end up in other communities throughout the country. So locally, you know, we're gonna to work together to to keep our community safe. But at the federal level, they they, they need to be doing much more because we don't know who's gotten away. I mean we, we can we can tell you what they've caught and who they've caught and where they're from but the unknown is who has who who have they seen and not been able to apprehend that met that that make their 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 uh, journey to their final destination we don't know that
0: I mean we look, can't tell you that looking at this What percentage would you say goes under the radar that are crossing the border?
1: Ooh, I don't know. I think last year we had, in in this sector, we had 260,000 known gotaways. That's just in this sector. So, I mean, right now I hadn't, uh, I've got a meeting with our federal partners in the next couple of days and, you know, uh, I hope to get a, a good briefing on that.
0: Well, yeah, yeah I mean, you're going to have to be dealing pretty soon here. You're going to have to deal pretty soon with the end of Title Forty Two. Yes. What are you expecting?
1: You know, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we don't experience anything like we experienced last year. I'm hopeful. Uh you know, I feel for the communities that are, you know, you got you you got Yuma, Arizona, you've got Cochise County, you've got El Paso, you've got Maverick County. You know, they're all dealing with something currently and that's on a daily basis. It hasn't stopped for them. So I feel that, you know, I'm hoping that, not wanting to say, that, you know, you all need to go to those locations, but I think that the entire southwest border uh, is gonna be facing some, some difficult challenges coming, you know, when Title 42 goes away.
0: Yes, we're driving. I mean, for people that can't imagine, you wanna describe what it looks like where we're driving right now?
1: So, so right now, we're probably 20, 20 plus miles out of uh, Comstock and it's just rural land uh ranch land uh we have some absentee owners we have some people that that do ranch this land that probably don't live on the ranch but uh you know they have a home there uh, but it's just you can see first for as far as you can see semi-desert i was going to say dry but there's a, a good water pond right there uh, yes
0: a pond and then then again you do have some areas that are beautiful with the river running through it i mean how much do you think immigration is affecting tourist money that could be coming here
1: you know there's no telling i'd have to get with a with a chamber i know that uh i've received calls at the office uh from people asking if it's safe to come to Valverde County. Uh, I know that there's people that have uh, lost their deer hunters. But that is one of their sources of, of revenue on these ranches. So they've lost their, their, their deer hunters. I mean, there's still people that are coming, coming to hunt, but still, I think it could be better if it was more of a, a stable border. And that goes for any place along the along the border.
0: Do you think we'll see someday the return of a bracero program where people can come in like they used to? And I think it was the early 1900s where people would come across from Mexico and they would work on this side and then go home.
1: You know, I would hope that they would come to a to some kind of solution, uh, but. Right now I don't see that happening anytime soon. Both sides are too far apart to even to even hold that conversation. I don't I don't see it happening uh, anytime soon. Mm-hmm.
0: Friends, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. I'm Jamie Virgen with Sinclair Broadcasting in San Antonio, Texas. Until next time.